Hey guys, what's up? This is Mike with Modern Da Vinci and welcome to another Modern Da Vinci podcast. We are super excited today to have James Bennett, the founder of Firefly Events in California. Uh, his website is fireflyteamevents.com where they host building events for planned meetings, team camaraderie, confidence building, uh, full team outings, anything really it looks like it has to do with team building. And he's got a really neat activities page chocked full of team building events from team graffiti to scavenger hunts to escape rooms, cooking competitions, even lip sync challenges, uh, which I found pretty interesting. So, James, thanks for being here with us today. Uh, welcome to Modern Da Vinci. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Uh, Absolutely. You know, I'm doing great. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good yeah. day. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely, yeah. Did I so did I get the did I get the intro right? Is there anything I missed? It looked like everything that you do really has to do with team building. It's just different ways of of doing that team building through event structured events of sorts. Yeah, no, I, I think you nailed it right on. Um, like you said, we have a lot, a, a huge variety on our activities page, and those can be customized to meet our client goals. Um, and so we can take almost anything, I like to joke, and turn it into a team building activity. So <laughs> if you want to have a car wash, we'll make it work for you. <laughs> okay. so, haven't, haven't done a car wash yet, but you know, we're open to the opportunity. So. There you go. New ideas right here live. Uh, yeah, I saw the events uh, or the activities page, and I mean, just all sorts of different cool ideas on there I thought was pretty neat. So it, it seems like... Uh, perhaps you've got a grip on sort of foundational team building and it doesn't really matter what the event is. You can kind of pull a team together and, and you know, do what you need to do with it. Is, it, is that an accurate way to look at it? Definitely. Um, ultimately, yeah, every activity that we do uh, comes down to the basics of team building, which would be things like communication, vulnerability-based trust, um, leadership, you know, those those foundations of what makes a solid team. So the activity, um, in the team building world, we like to say the activity is neutral. So it doesn't matter what you do. What matters is how you approached what you did. So gotcha. um, uh, another saying that kind of matches up with that is how you do anything is how you do everything or sometimes that's how you do everything is how you do anything. I can never remember. <laughs> but um, it, it, you know, it's a similar concept. So we, we take that activity, um, and it just gives us a window into how you guys interact and, and how you work together and allows us to, to help either point you in the right direction or um, use it as a lens for you to view uh, how your team is functioning. Hmm. Interesting. How, how did you get your start uh, doing this? I mean, were you, were you always uh, sort of a team-building guru, or, or what's the story behind Firefly? Uh, yeah, I was born a guru. Um, okay. It took me took me a while to to get all the knowledge that comes with being a guru. <laughs> so, um, no, I uh, mine actually goes all the way back to the Boy Scouts. So when I was 15, I started working at a Boy Scout camp, and I immediately fell in love with the High Adventure program. And the High Adventure program has a, a component called Cope, which is challenging outdoor personal experience. And that's essentially uh, all the stuff you do on the ropes course, so the high ropes course, you know, where you're 30, 40 feet off the ground and you're completing challenges and, you know, you're uh, overcoming your fears, you're working on goal setting, you know, problem solving, all that fun stuff. Not for the faint of heart. 
Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it, it is. We just have to talk through it differently. <laughs> so, but um, so that got me interested in it. And then, um, you know, like I said, that was when I was 15. And I, I worked at that camp for three, four years. And later on, when uh, around 2000, it, it was one of those points in your life where you're like, what am I happy doing? What was I happy doing? Mm-hmm. And so I came back to the, the ropes course, and this is kind of, you know, the Internet was starting to get used more and more. So I started um, Googling around uh, for ropes courses. You know, maybe I could find a place where, where I could go build up the skill set even more. And I found a company, and on their website, they're like, we do paintball and ropes courses. And I was like, this sounds like the funnest company ever. <laughs> so, so I reached out to them, and they said, why don't you come out to a training? So I went out to a training, and um, I worked off and on for them for years. And in fact, I, I still do work for them to this day. Oh, uh, so they got, me, they got me some of my first um, workshopping on how to properly uh, facilitate, how to properly debrief a group. Um, how to help the group find meaning, uh, all the you know, all the reflection and and the important stuff, the the stuff that really helps you find meaning in some of the ridiculous things that we do. So sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So w- what kind of companies uh, do you? What kind of companies have you worked with um, in, in Firefly? Uh, but but also, what kind of companies did they work with? Is it is it you know similar sort of professional it, services? So, so prior to starting Firefly, um, I worked for them, but I also worked for probably five, six, seven, eight different uh, team building companies all over the country. Mm-hmm. So, um, between all of those companies, I've personally worked with. A, I mean, there's probably a company I haven't worked. Uh, there's probably not a company I haven't worked with <laughs> um, th- that's in you know like every Fortune 500 out there. I like to joke, but uh, everything from Microsoft to Nokia, Qualcomm. Um, Kaiser Permanente, uh, which is a big healthcare provider out here. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it it runs the gamut. Lots of biotechs because that company I was mentioning earlier, Out of the Ordinary, they're based out of San Diego, and there's a lot of biotechs centered down there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I worked with a lot of those companies. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, you name it. um, L'Oreal. Transportation. I mean, I yeah, it's it's all over the place. The the companies that I've worked with, all over the map. I mean, everybody. It sounds like if you've got a team, you know, whether you're a manager, small business owner, or what have you, this this kind of these kinds of events kind of are ubiquitous across any size company, really. Yeah, they they resonate with anybody that is in a position to manage a team or needs to boost productivity or engagement um, and isn't sure how to do that. Or sometimes it's just a company wants to take the group out and have some fun, um, and yeah. we're, we're happy to facilitate that as well. Yeah, I was going to ask, you know, are people typically coming to you for, you know, the, the experience or the entertainment of it? Or you mentioned productivity. I mean, what are the... What are the kind of the biggest things that they're coming to you for? So uh, we we sat down and we kind of um, we looked at our customer segments and we figured out that people come to us typically for one of three reasons. Uh, the first is uh, they have a problem and they need a solution, and that's more of kind of the traditional team building that that we think of, where uh, we sit down and we give these teams challenges and we process the experience. We 
debrief and we um, look at, like I said, use that as a lens to look at, like, how can we improve communication, trust, uh, conflict resolution, all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. um, the second reason that people come to us is because they have a meeting. Uh, they're hosting, you know, their annual sales meeting, and they want to plug a team building activity into the schedule that reinforces some messaging mm -hmm. um, or a goal that they might have for the meeting. So... Um, we just did something with a biotech where their theme was uh, making the next giant leap with our business. So they ended up booking us for a rocket building event. So we went and, and uh, had a contest where they built rockets and competed on distance and accuracy, and it was just uh, a good fun time. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, that, sounds, that um, sounds like a lot of fun. So yeah, so it tied into their theme. They were happy with it. Um, it got the groups working together in teams. They weren't looking for heavy debriefing or anything like that, um, but it, it worked with what they wanted. So they were they were yeah. very happy with it. Um, and then the third reason that people hire us is uh, I call it social team building. Um, and typically, social team building means they just want to have fun. <laughs> okay. So they want to they want to take the group out. They want to have a good time. Um, and to them, that's enough. They don't need us to debrief the group. They don't need any uh, heavy thoughts or, or big picture ideas. They just want to get the group out and um, have some fun. So it, it kind of takes place. I I think. Uh, you know, people used to go out and just do a company picnic or whatever. This is now um, the the 21st century company picnic, but yeah. way, way more fun. <laughs> yeah, neat. I mean, the rocket building, you know, for a geek like me, uh, is <laughs> sounds particularly interesting. I was when I went to your activities page and I saw lip sync challenge, um, it kind of struck this deep fear in my heart and <laughs> uh, something that would be, you know, completely torturous to me. I mean, do you run into, <laughs> do you run into so you run into people like me that, you know, absolutely all, just all the time, all, all the, time. the time. Yeah. What do you do in that scenario? I mean, you're trying to get them to pull together. What, how do you handle that? This is a, this is actually a pet peeve I have with uh, some of the other um, providers out there, is that they they take a something like a lip sync contest and they just say, all right, everybody, we're gonna have so much fun doing a lip sync contest, <laughs> not taking into account folks like you who are like that just sounds like my worst nightmare. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so I like to say when we design our our challenges, whatever they may be. Um, that we follow a certain criteria. First is that every activity must be accessible regardless of physical physical ability. Um, second sure. is no okay. single team member should be able to dominate or hijack the activity or the gameplay. Um, so every team member must have an opportunity to effectively contribute to the team's success. Um, and third, it must be fun and, and not that cheesy kind of fake smile <laughs> fun. Um, we address psychological and, and uh, physical safety, and there's a clear tie-in back to what your team does in the office. That's that's usually the criteria that we follow. So with somebody like you, that um, lip sync is an absolute nightmare. We're the way when we follow this criteria, we look at the challenge and we say, all right, how can we break this into um, either tasks or puzzles or challenges? that can involve everybody on the team. So uh, with the lip sync contest, you're not just getting up there as an individual. You have to get there up there as a group. Uh, so we would never just put you on stage and say, all right, embarrass yourself in front of, you know, 100 other people. 
(laughs) And then um, we try and find things that we can add to the activity um, that are task-based that you can sink your teeth into. So we have something for the thinkers on the group. We have something for the creative folks on the group. Um, So like with our lip sync contest, uh, it sounds silly, but it gives people something to do, which is they have to create their own microphone for the event. So we end up giving them supplies to do that. Um, and so that person that doesn't necessarily want to perform or work on the lyrics will grab the, uh, they'll grab onto that task and, and work with it and push with it. Um, okay, uh, yeah, that, that would like be, that. yeah. So we try and find, yeah, so, because I, I know that you're a fan of escape rooms, right? Yeah, absolutely, loved it. We did an escape room with uh, friends, a group of friends, and then my family, or kids, or, you know, a bunch of us there, and uh, we just had a blast with it. Right, and an escape room is actually um, a, a good example to use because for some people an escape room is their worst nightmare and not because uh, you have to escape. It's because um, escape rooms most often are based on puzzles. Mm-hmm. And so I either I, I have found in my experience that either you're a puzzle person or you're not. <laughs> okay. okay. So team building uh, 99% of the time is not optional. So you're being forced to to show up and do this team building activity, whether you want to or not. The boss said, hey, we're going to go here and do this. And you're like, all right. So if the boss says to you, hey, and you're not a puzzle person, he says, hey, we're going to go lock you in a room with the rest of your coworkers and you have to solve puzzles to get out. And you're not a puzzle person. You're like, oh, this Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So when we design our escape room experience, and again, this is just kind of a different example, um, we uh, create what are called puzzles, and then we create what are called tasks. So a task is something you complete that you don't have to solve. So um, completing a puzzle early in the room may give you the things that you need to complete the task, but somebody that's not a puzzle person is more than happy to do a task. They just don't want to have to try and figure out, you know, all right, I, I don't know what sequence these go together. Or I don't know, you know, why we're using blue instead of red to open this lock. And, but if you give them a task, they're perfectly happy to do that. So we, we have to take that into account. We have to take it that not everybody is there willingly um, or enthusiastically. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting because my experience with it was, was kind of very similar where, you know, we had all age groups then too. Um, you know, my youngest son is uh, five years old and, he immediately became sort of panicky that we were locked in this room and, and tasked himself with keeping us all on, on task with regard to the time. <laughs> sure. There's 50 minutes left. There's 49 minutes left. So we knew what time it was every, every second of the way because of him. Uh, but, you know, some of the older kids, they were interested in the puzzles. And, you know, I was walking around searching for different clues and whatnot. So we all kind of uh, you know, self-organized, I guess, in order to solve the puzzle. And I will say we did solve it, which was immensely satisfying. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It was uh, one of those, you know, trapped in a room with a bomb about to go off kind of thing. Sure. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little military uh, flavor. I, I personally, fun. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge escape room nerd. Like, I love them, and they're kind of – most people look at them and go, this would be perfect for team building. And I say, wait, wait, wait a second. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and most escape rooms out there advertise themselves as team building experiences because they want to attract corporate clients. Um, sure. It's just another revenue stream for them. Um, but what I find is that most escape room owners have no actual foundation or, or backing in uh, the team building world, and so they confuse um, teamwork with team building. 
So hmm. just the, the act of working together is not team building. So yes, you go into a room and you, you guys work together, you get out of the room, but it's not necessarily what I would consider team building. It's teamwork. So yes, you're working together. It's That's really interesting. I'd like to dive into that because one of the questions I had was, you know, what would you say to, you know, a business owner or a manager, uh, you know, like myself, you know, say 10 years ago managing a group of employees, I would have just kind of snapped my fingers and said, let's go do some team building and not really gotten that distinction between team building and, and teamwork, uh, which is now in retrospect, I think, what I was doing with my team. So, you know, what do you say to a business owner, say, who's trying to think and, and plan something like this for him or herself? You know, what, what kind of guidance would you give them? Um, I, I'll kind of reiterate what I, I mentioned earlier, which is that in, in order to be true team building, um, you have to have some reflection and you have to take whatever it is that happened on that event. You have to be able to apply it back to what you did and what you do in the workplace, what your uh, job responsibilities are, roles and responsibilities, that sort of thing. So if you just go out, if you take the team out and, and go bowling, um, there is a benefit there, uh, mm -hmm. but it's not the same benefit as if you had taken a facilitator with you, a team building facilitator, and had them debriefed your bowling experience. Um, you're going to get two, two far different deliverables there. Um, so the first one, you're working on camaraderie, and that, that is, like I said, that's, there's a benefit there. Um, uh, there's statistics that, that talk about uh, when you boost camaraderie and you boost engagement in that way, you are going to boost productivity, but it's not quite the same value that you would get if you were able to look at that bowling experience and say, all right, um, Joe, Jane, Bob from accounting, how did you guys show up on that activity? Um, did you work? Uh, what skills did you use to accomplish your goals? How did you interact with each other? And, and have a discussion about that and then say, okay, based on, on how you reacted there, um, how does this apply back to what we do in the workplace? Are you finding yourself using the same language? You know, those sorts of questions. Yeah, right, right. I mean, so, so that leads to... Uh, Another interesting question to dive into a little bit more, you know, when you have these team building events and you get to that sort of retrospective uh, or that reflective portion of it, how often do you find, you know, that there is one person, maybe the leader uh, or maybe somebody else that's kind of, you know, a core part of a problem that the business is trying to solve and how do you handle that? That can be a really sensitive situation, I would imagine. Uh, yeah, so when there's there's that toxic person, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, right. That's a great word for sure. it, yeah. Um, toxic people are tough um, because <laughs> um, sometimes uh, it's really going to vary on a case-by-case -case basis. Toxic individuals are, are an interesting problem for team building. We have ways that we... Um, and it's always on a case-by-case -case basis. It depends on the person, how they're affecting the group. Um, and a lot of times we're only able to deal with, with how they're affecting the group that day. Um, and when you're dealing with a group activity, you, you don't necessarily want to single out that person um, because right. that can sometimes drive them further into their shell and, and actually create a larger problem. So you want to you wanna guide those debriefs and those processing activities toward conversations that will um, 
help other people find their voice about this issue or maybe put it into a light that they can have a discussion that doesn't um, necessarily directly call out that person. Um, I see. When you've got somebody that's entrenched, uh, for instance, we got a call from a public utility uh, a while back, and they just they, there were two or three toxic people that they had, but because of the way the public utility runs, it's a public um, uh, governmental agency or whatever. They they can't just um, get rid of people that have been there for. Oh years. sure. <laughs> so, right. Um, they came to us and they said, hey, can you help us with this? And we said, honestly, that's, that's beyond the purview of what we do. Cause, um, so, and we referred them out, and we, we have several that we work with, but we referred them out to a, an organizational development specialist who is going to be um, more able to deal with conflict resolution, is going to dial down into the organization and be able to do uh, a much more in-depth analysis and help them um, try and find an answer to, to yeah. that time. So. Interesting. So if you have a, if you kind of have, you know, that toxic person or people in the group, and you know that to begin with, then then maybe team building is sort of a different type. But team building could perhaps help you find that, and then lead you to an organizational development. Yeah, yeah. Team building's uh, uh, it's great for holding up a mirror. Um, so with a group like that, uh, those toxic tendencies. And or or uh, things that aren't working well on your team are going to be magnified in in a lot of team building activities that we do. Mm-hmm. So it's a good way to start that conversation and um, potentially uh, let it lead you down to some some productive resolutions. Okay. Yeah, I gotcha. Interesting. Let me uh, let me switch topics real quick because when we first met. Uh, we we were we were chatting, and I remember we started kind of talking about books, and I was blown away a little bit that we kind of had some favorites on the list. I think I forget if it, we mentioned Good to Great and some other team building type books that we kind of read and loved. For our listeners here, what team building books kind of had a, a real effect on you. Maybe not team building, just business books had a real sure. effect on you and, and helped you, you know, create the best team building experience or really kind of guided you or, or opened your eyes in, in a certain way. So uh, I'll answer this from a couple of directions. Uh, the first direction I'll answer is for, uh, as a team builder, what books helped me. Um, and then I can answer as a business owner if that's of, of interest. That'd so, be great, um, yeah. So from a team building perspective, uh, there's a huge body of work out there that, that deals with the subject matter. <laughs> um, books that I recommend to my clients uh, are some of the standard, what I consider standards, which are Five Dysfunctions of a Team oh, yeah. by Patrick, Patrick Lencioni. And that's phenomenal because he places trust at the base of what he calls his, his team pyramid. And, um, but it's not trust in the typical, like, I trust you to do your job. It's more of the vulnerability-based trust, meaning if we have a disagreement, um, you have enough trust in me that I'm disagreeing with your idea and not attacking you as a person. And that's, mm-hmm. that's huge in the business world. Um, it's essentially, hey, don't take things personally. And if a team can get their their mind around that and really embrace that, um, it solves so many problems going forward. So, so I really love five dysfunctions of a team. And he, he's actually, um, uh, I talked with some of his team members one time and they said, you know, he only named it five dysfunctions of a team because that's what sells books. 
if he had his way, he would have named it, you know, Five Strengths of a Team. So he has a companion book, um, which I believe is called Five Strengths of a Team or something along those lines that, that you can get if you're working on your team. So, oh, interesting. But, I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's, it's almost uh, workbook style. So um, okay, okay. that's one. Uh, one of my, my more recent favorites is called Tribal Leadership. And Tribal Leadership I find fascinating because um, he or they outlined five different levels of uh, tribes, let's say. So level one, and, and they use this metaphor where if you walk into the business and you look at the employees, um, you can see what kind of shirt they're wearing and what it says on the shirt, right? So you walk into a level one business and their shirt says, life sucks. <laughs> you walk into a level two business, their shirt says, my life sucks. You walk into a level three business and their shirt says, I'm great. You walk into a level four business and it says, we're great. And you walk into a level five business and I don't think they even need anything written on their shirts because they're just at the top of their game. Um, and most, most really good companies live in um, uh, bouncing between level three and four. And every now and then they, they level up to five. But nobody ever lives in level five. It's just that's nirvana. And so you can go up there and you can exist in level five for a little bit, but eventually you come back down to level four, which is the weird grade. Um, but what I found uh, interesting about it is that they say that it's possible for you to go from a level one to level two, but you can't go from a level one to a level three or a level one to a level four. Um, but the way that you level up is through, through changing your language. Um, so, and you, you find somebody that's at a level three and you have them mentor a person that's a level two. Because it's possible to have people at different levels within your organization. Oh, sure. So See everybody that. else might be a level four, but you've got a couple people that are level three and a couple people that are level two. So you get, um, you pair up the people accordingly and have them work on leveling up that person to the next level. Um, and you can imagine the difference in a workplace when everybody's thinking, I'm great versus we're great. Absolutely. Yeah. I, in fact, uh, that's a great way to, to put it because I've experienced different levels before unknowingly. And, um, and that really kind of, you know, puts it in a nutshell, the, the t-shirt uh, analogy that you have. Yeah. So, and, and that's straight out of the book and, and they give a lot of great, um, real world examples and it's, it's just a good read for anybody that is, uh, in an organization that they feel like could be so much better or, uh, you know, it has this potential for greatness that they just haven't hit, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this, this gives some insight into why. And, and they use good data. I like books that have data to back them up. So That's great. Uh, yeah, those so are tribal leadership. Books. Yeah. Um, and there, there's tons of, like, if you were ever wanting to lead your own team building exercises, there's books by uh, people like Michelle Cummings. She has a book called A Teachable Moment um, that talks about the uh, different stages of team development, like forming, norming, storming, performing, and then transforming. Um, there's, uh, you know, old school books. I call them old school books. They've been, uh, you know, the grandfather of experiential education, which is where team building has its roots. Um, uh, guys like Carl Ronke and Sam Sykes, they, they have tons of books out there with just uh, hundreds or thousands of team building activities that you can do with your group. So, um, oh, wow, that's great. Uh, yeah. That's, that, that's really great. So one of the – and maybe I just to, – to uh, save our time here because uh, I know I've kept you on for a while, ask oh, uh, one more question. 
and wrap it up. Uh, this has been fascinating, by the way. And the, the one thing that I, I really wanted to save to the end, and I hope I don't throw you for a ringer here, is, you know, kind of from my past experience, right? I learned that leading teams uh, is, is very challenging, um, and everyone really performs best when they have a role to play, and they know what that role is, and they know how to play it well. Um, but I could never kind of put my finger on, you know, what the team building principles were. Uh, you know, do you have some principles that you you keep in mind or that you take to your team building events, you know, things that uh, our listeners could walk back and sort of research and study or just keep in mind as they're leading their teams uh, to what is hopefully success? Um, I, I defer to people smarter than I am. So kind of, <laughs> okay. you know, people like... <laughs> People like Patrick Lencioni. Um, so when you look at, at uh, it, trust is the main thing I start off with, in all honesty. Most groups, we start with trust, and then we, we build in communication. And um, we look at the language they're using and how they're interacting with each other. So, so anytime we work with any team, um, especially if we're working for the first time, honestly, we work on trust and communication, and we focus right there because those are two huge components to having a successful team. If you can't communicate and you don't trust, um, then you're not going to be very successful as a team. Uh, Google recently did a study on what makes one team perform better than another. Okay. Uh, and Google's really good at data. And, and they looked at all the data that they had and they compared teams at Google and they said, all right, we're going to find out why this team is performing better than another. And they spent a year and they couldn't figure it out. They're like, we have no idea what makes one team better than another. And so they started to look outside of their organization at other bodies of work. And what they figured out is that um, other people already had the answer. <laughs> so, and when they took that data and they applied it to the, the studies that they had been doing, um, they came to some conclusions. And so the main thing, uh, the, the main points that, I, that gel with what we've seen in groups is that the high-performing team, um, if you look at the, the amount of time that everybody on the team spends talking, uh, it's fairly equal all the way across. So there's no single person that's dominating the team conversations. Um, everybody's, everybody's there checking in. The other thing that, that was a big standout was psychological safety, which I also equate as uh, vulnerability-based trust. And so it was the idea, it, it goes back to um, you know, five dysfunctions of a team as well, which is uh, those high-functioning, those high-performing teams can have quality discourse, quality discussion, and quality conflict, positive conflict, without ever taking it personally. Um, mm. uh, but that's not just something where somebody can be like, I'm not going to take it personally anymore. You know, obviously, you have to work on that, and, and tools like Five Dysfunctions of a Team or going out and doing team building exercises can help your team get to that point. Um, but it's helping you recognize that it exists, and, and this is how you approach it, I guess. Did, did that answer your question? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really great. And in fact, uh, unknowingly, uh, I had used the term positive conflict uh, in the past to describe, you know, what I wanted was, was our team members to challenge each other and not take it personally, um, to point out, you know, mistakes without pointing out, you know, fault um, 
so to speak, which was kind of a difficult concept, you know, for all of us to wrap our heads around, but we knew that we needed to do it because we were working on very complicated, complicated things. So, right. Uh, yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I um, came across just the other day, I don't know how I haven't seen this quote before, but it was a friend of mine posted it, and it's by Ralph Waldo Emerson. And, uh, I, I mean, we're all familiar with Emerson. He's, you know, he was alive hundreds of years ago or a hundred years ago. Uh, and he has this quote that I feel like applies directly to this, which means he had the knowledge a hundred years ago, yet we're still struggling with this thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the quote, yeah, the quote goes, it says, let me never fall into the vulgar mistake of dreaming that I am persecuted whenever I am contradicted. Um, <laughs> and to me, that speaks directly to that, that, you know, as a team builder, that vulnerability-based trust. Because so often we see somebody take offense just because somebody else disagreed with their idea but wasn't attacking them personally. Right. Wow, that's uh, that's great. I'm going to have to look that. I feel like I need to print that out and, and kind of you know put it above my monitor every day <laughs> right. so I can see it every day. Uh, that's awesome. Wow, this is, uh, this is fascinating and educational and really great. I really appreciate your time here. Um, what if, so people... Me. Absolutely. What, if people are going to be interested, uh, possibly in getting in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, they can just reach out via email, james at fireflyteamevents.com. They can check us out through the website, which again would be fireflyteamevents.com, uh, or they can reach us on our, our number, which is 877-267-1939. Okay, that's, that's awesome. And I, and, and, and I misspoke earlier when I said I had one last question. I actually have one final question now. How yeah. did you come up with the name Firefly for team building events? So it was at a period in my life uh, where we were traveling around. So we'd been out in the world. I spent uh, a summer as a ropes course director on the East Coast working at a camp in Maryland. Okay. And um, immediately following that, we took off and we went to London and India and Egypt, and we were just traveling all over the world. And while we were traveling, we, we – uh, we're working on our, our business concept and we needed a name and we thought back to Maryland where it was the first time my business partner at the time had seen fireflies. Um, <laughs> wow. uh, you know, she'd, she'd heard about them, but she hadn't seen them and she just, uh, she loved them. And I grew up with fireflies. I haven't grown up in Louisiana. So, yeah, same um, here, yeah. and if you've ever seen, yeah, just that wall of fireflies on the forest edge, you just, you know what, what, uh, it's incredible. Uh, yeah, it's it's a beautiful site. It's an amazing site. So when we were putting together the idea for our event company, um, to us it just resonated as um, uh, we'd like to be able to bring people amazing experiences. We'd like them to have that sense of awe and amazement. And obviously, you know, some of the things we do aren't about awe and amazement. They're just about fun. But it, it kind of... Yeah, it's that that story, that that storybook tale of of people going out and and having fun and having a good time, and and to that to us that's what that represents. It, that firefly represents is that that story, that magical moment, um, whether it's team transformation or just a good time, and an activity that ends in in high fives for everyone. Um, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so that's where we got it. What what a neat story. What a, what a uh, what a great way to to end the uh, interview here too. That's that's actually a wonderful business name and and pretty inspiring and goes right along with everything we talked about. So 
Um, well, thank you. I, thank you again. Oh, no problem. I Sorry, I was just going to say that, that I do love the name, but the, we have on occasion considered changing it um, to be more team building specific. <laughs> so, uh, so as much as we love the name, it's it's that classic thing. Do you go with the Yahoo type name or do you go with the Hi, We Are Team Events type name? So uh, at the I moment, have no, no plans to change it, but we do. Uh, that's, like that, it, so. that's good. I kind of like it now that, uh, that you've described it. I liked it before, but I like it even more now. So. I appreciate that. Good. Well, that's all for now. Thank you so much again for your time, and thanks everyone here to listening in. We uh, we really hope that this interview on team building gave you some ideas to help you grow your business, become a world class leader, and uh, and just work with your team to be more productive and and have fun. So if you found uh, found the podcast and are listening in, come join us at www.moderndavinci.net where we'll post the full transcript to this interview, as well as links to Firefly events uh, and any other resources, uh, books, for example, that we referenced during the show. Uh, Until next time, thanks again, take care, and stay in touch.